us pray. We give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his love, his wonderful love. We give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his wonderful love. Hallelujah, we give all the glory to Jesus. And tell of his love, his wonderful love. We give all the glory to Jesus. And tell of his wonderful love. Hallelujah, we give all the glory to Jesus. And tell of his love, his wonderful love. We give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his wonderful love. Wonderful Lord God Almighty, God of love, gracious God, merciful God, we worship you. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. King of glory, we're asking that in your infinite mercy, you look down upon our nations and show us mercy. Please, Lord God Almighty, put an end to this scourge. Let it be over soon. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Well, someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to bless the name of the Almighty God uh, for yet another Sunday. And uh, you please continue to thank the Almighty God for his mercies. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, uh, will you please open your Bibles to Psalm 30. I'm reading from verse uh, 4 to 5. Psalm 30 from verse 4 to 5. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. 
in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. Apart from the fact that Easter signifies a new beginning, probably one of the uh, biggest uh, messages that we get from Easter is that joy is coming. And I will want to decree, even straight away, that for all of you who are listening to me now, your joy will arrive speedily. Joy is coming because after every night, there will be a day. And in the passage I read to you, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And we're going to look at this from just a few angles. Physical, material, spiritual, and marital. Just four crucial areas in the life of every human being. Physically, when we say joy is coming, we are saying to the sick, death does not have the last say. It is the risen Christ who has the last say. When Jesus died and was buried, uh, the enemies of Christ thought that the end has come. But it is not death that has the last say. It is the one who says in John 11 verse 25, John 11 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Is the one who has the last say. In John chapter 11 from verse 39 to 45, John 11, 39 to 45, Lazarus had been dead and buried four days. And there are people who will think that that is the end of the story. But when Jesus Christ got there, when the resurrection and the life got there, he commanded that Lazarus should come forth. Take note, he didn't speak to death. He didn't say, death, release my friend. He simply said, Lazarus, come forth. Why? Because death is too small for him to address. It's the resurrection and the life. So sickness does not have the last say. It is the risen Christ that does. In Mark chapter 5, from verse 25 to 34, Mark 5, 25 to 34, while we thank God for our doctors and their wonderful people, I mean, if anybody has no respect for doctors, I'm sure during this crisis, we've come to appreciate them mightily. But when doctors come to the end of their limit, as in the case of the woman with issue of blood, 
when one doctor had referred her to another and then to another, one specialist to another, when instead of getting better, she grew worse, when the doctors were throwing up their hands to say, there's nothing more we can do, Jesus Christ stepped in. I have good news for all of you who are sick at this moment. In the name of the one who rose from the dead, you will be healed. Amen. I've told you the story of a lady who the doctors told her husband at Luth that there is no hope for her, that she would definitely be gone by the following morning. And the husband left. Apparently, the husband wasn't really the kind of husband you, you think a husband should be. Left her and said, well, bye-bye, my dear, see you. Came out of the hospital, called his girlfriend and said, well, it looks as if the, the stupid fellow is going to be gone before tomorrow. Why don't you come over? And after the doctors left, after the husband left, after the nurses have settled down for the night, someone dressed like a doctor walked in. And he didn't open the door. He just walked straight because he himself is the door. Came to her where she, she was lying and touched her and said, My daughter, I am the Lord that he let thee. And immediately she was made whole. When she got up and packed her loads and got to the nurses, they thought they saw a ghost. They called the doctors in and they checked her everywhere and found that she was completely well. By the time she got home, because the husband didn't even bother to lock the bedroom door, she found the husband and the husband nearly fainted because he too saw, thought he was seeing a ghost. Our good news for those of you that have been condemned to die. In the name of the one who is stronger than death, you will be made whole. Amen. And then let us look at this from the aspect of the material. I have good news for you to tell you that poverty does not have the last say. The all-sufficient God is the one who has the last say. You see, when they were burying the Lord Jesus Christ, when they were crucifying him, they crucified him naked. Somebody who came, Joseph of Arimathea, who came to bury him, had to be the one who supplied the material for wrapping him. But when he walked out of the tomb, even the dress, the wrappings that he borrowed, so to say, he left behind because he would not need it again. And he is the one who has the last say. Genesis chapter 17 verse 1. Genesis 17 verse 1 tells us that he is the all-sufficient God. He can still turn 
your last to your beginning. In 1 Kings chapter 17 from verse 8 to 16, 1 Kings 17 from verse 8 to 16, you remember the story of the widow of Zarephath. She had only one meal left. But when the one who controls all resources stepped into her situation for another three years, herself, her son, and the prophet of God were constantly supplied. In Second Kings chapter four, from verse one to seven, Second Kings chapter four, from verse one to seven, you read the story of another widow who was so heavily indebted that when the creditors came, the only thing they found of any value in her home were her two sons. And they gave her 24 hours. Pay or we sell your sons. But when the all-sufficient one stepped into a situation, before the 24 hours, not only had he enough to pay the creditors, she had enough to live on for the rest of her life. I don't know how God will do it. But as a result of even this lockdown, your fortune is about to change. When you read John chapter 6 from verse 5 to 13, John 6 from 5 to 13, you find the story of the Lord Jesus Christ taking the lunch of a boy, using it to feed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And at the end, there were 12 baskets left over. Poverty does not have the last say. The one who can turn not enough to more than enough is the one who has the last say. Oh, I've, I've told you several stories about people who all of a sudden moved from abject poverty to ab- uh, so absolute surplus. I've told you the, fr- the story of one of my friends whose parents were so poor they couldn't even send him to school. I mean, my parents were poor, but his own parents were poorer than my parents. And so while all of us went to school, at a very tender age, he was doing labor job. And at the back of the house of a man that was asked to hold, suddenly his hole hit something. And by the time he found out what it was, it was a big pot loaded with gold coins. Because in the olden days, there were no banks. Rich people put their money in pots and buried them, at least in our own area. You know the story. I don't have too much time to begin to repeat it in details to you. But by the time he sold the gold coins, he became so rich that very soon (laughs) he disappeared because the rich befriend the rich. Uh, Don't befriend the poor. I decree to someone listening to me today that by the time this lockdown is over, your level will change. 
oh, you may say those kind of miracles don't happen anymore. Well, I'm sure at least you know, those of you who are old enough to know, that it is possible for somebody to go to bed a nurse and wake up as a first lady. That God is still on his throne. He will change your fortune. Then let's look at the spiritual aspect. When Jesus died, all the forces of darkness were rejoicing. They thought at long last they have put out the light of the world. But darkness does not have the last say. It is the light that has the last say. In Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3. The Bible says at the very, very beginning, there have been this battle between darkness and light. And when God said, let there be light, there was light. It was darkness that gave way. And in John chapter 1 from verse 4 to 5, John 1, 4 to 5, the Bible made it clear that in Jesus Christ was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness. And darkness cannot overcome it. May I prophesy to someone today, it doesn't matter how great the forces of darkness against you, the light of God will give you victory in Jesus' name. I mean, you know the story in Mark chapter 5. One of my children said, Daddy, why do you love this story so much? Mark 5 from verse 2 to 20. It's the story of the madman of Gadara. I love this story so much. Because if you are looking for a classical example of light defeating darkness, that's one. Because here was somebody that forces of darkness thought they have gotten this one. This one is going to die permanently in darkness. But one word from the light of the world. And he became free. I want to decree to somebody today. It doesn't matter how many forces of darkness have gathered up against you. In the name of the resurrected Christ, you shall be free. Yeah. And then let me talk to you briefly about the marital. Because that's, again, that one area that is crucial to many of us. Particularly the area of barrenness. Barrenness does not have the last say. It is the one who made you who has the last say. The one who, according to John chapter 1, verse 3, or if you like, you can read it from verse 1 to 3. John 1 from verse 1 to 3. It says, In the beginning was the word, the word was was with God, the word was God. In verse 3 he said, by him were all things made. All things made. So he made you. And he's the one who has in last say about your fruitfulness. Because in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, the first thing he said to man was be fruitful and multiply. 
That's the one who has the last say. In Genesis chapter 18 from verse 9 to 14, Genesis 18, 9 to 14, he said to Abraham, within a year, you are going to have a son. Sarah laughed. And the reason Sarah laughed was according to Romans chapter 4 verse 19. Romans 4 verse 19. By that time, the womb of Sarah was dead. But it is the resurrection and the life who has the last say. It's the one who can tell the dead womb to come back to life. And nobody believed. Even Sarah said it in Genesis chapter 21. If you read it from verse 1 to 7. Genesis 21 from verse 1 to 7. He said, who will ever have thought that Sarah will give a child to suck? Whoever would have thought that at 90 years of age, a woman can still give birth to a child. I'm going to ask you to watch a clip. This clip is taken from one of our conventions. It will show you clearly that I'm not talking theory. I'm talking about something that I know, that I've experienced, that thousands of others have experienced. You're going to see in this clip Thousands of people who were barren before, who came to one convention, and we prayed. And by the time they came to the second convention, they were around with their children. You will see them by the thousands. You will see homes where there had been sorrow, where by the special grace of God, suddenly there was joy. And I have good news for those of you who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Because my daddy expressly asked me to show this clip to encourage you and to let you know that even during this year's convention, those who will return with their children will be far, far more than those we have ever seen before. And that even before this lockdown is over, the barren, many, many of the barren will become fruitful. So you sit down now, watch this clip, just for about two and a half minutes or so, and then I will pray for you. But in the meantime, I want to talk to all of you who are yet in the night time. Why don't you come to Jesus Christ? He will take you from night to day. And this very day, as you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, your money of joy will begin. Surrender your life to Jesus. And please get in contact with us. Let's have your names, your address, your prayer requests, so that we can continue to pray for you. And it shall be well with you in Jesus' name. As for the rest of us, as soon as I've prayed for all those who want to surrender their life to Jesus, I'm going to encourage you that you will humble yourself 
and cry to the Almighty God. I say, Father, let my own money of joy begin right now. One of the greatest messages of Easter is that joy is coming and your joy can start straight away. Let us pray. Ancient of days, I want to thank you once again for your word. I want to bless your holy name because forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled. You said in your word that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. First and foremost, I'm committing all those who have decided to surrender their life to you today into your hands. Please receive them. Save their souls. Move them out of darkness into light. Write their names in the book of life. Receive them into the family of God. Oh, Lord God Almighty, let them become partakers of your light. And don't let them ever go back into darkness. As for all your children, Lord God Almighty, as they cry unto you today, I pray that the money of joy for every one of them will begin straight away. Thank you, my Father and my God. Glory be to your holy name. And please continue to have mercy on our nation. Mercy on all the nations of the world. Thank you, my Father and my God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Well, let somebody shout hallelujah. Just one more word before you go to pray. Like I've told you, by the special grace of God, the return journey to normalcy has started. But I'm appealing to you, please don't stop being very, very hygienic. Maintain the kind of hygienic Practices the kind we are known for during our conventions. Please remain hygienic. And may I also add this one. Even after the lockdown is gone, any journey abroad that is not very, very, very crucial, postpone it. Because God is going to give us victory here in Nigeria and in Africa even before it extends to the rest of the world. So I will advise you unless it is very, very essential maybe for the next month or two you suspend all the jumping up and down until everything is completely safe again. The Almighty God will bless you and keep on spreading the good news. Jesus is alive and joy is coming. God bless you all.